back there. They'll have a good time with their their teacher. Let us get on and all that good stuff. <clears throat> I love, <clears throat> appreciate the singing this morning and oh, we can sing for an hour and I can preach for an hour. It makes it, I, I, That's worship, my friends. I, I think we got to get out of this rut where it's uh, a fast song, two slow songs, three points and go home. I think we've got to get out of that rut. That is not church. That is organized religion. Somebody say amen. I think we've got to get out of that rut to where you, you come to the house of God and uh, you, you, you fall into a place of worship. Amen, preacher. I'm preaching to myself. Glory to God. All right, you got your Bibles this morning. I'm going to ask if you can, you would, please turn to the book of Mark. Uh, the book of Mark chapter number 15. Mark chapter number 15. I'm going to be lost this morning. I have lost my hanky. Oh boy. Oh boy. We'll find that bad boy. What did I do with my hanky? There it is on the front row. That's my spit wiper. If I don't have that, I'll look like I'm foaming at the mouth. Amen. Mark chapter number 15. Uh, Let me say it's good to see everybody here this morning. I'm glad you made it out for Palm Sunday. Uh, We started a series a few weeks back and uh, that was going to lead us all the way into Easter. And uh, the title of the series is Journey to Easter. So uh, we've been trying to see Easter through the eyes of Jesus. Uh, And if you remember... Uh, we preached out of Matthew 4, our first week, and uh, the title was, You Have to Make a Decision to Take the Journey. Uh, you can't get to Easter unless you get on the train. You have to make a decision to get there. And Jesus, being tempted of the devil, made a decision that he would have victory in the desert place uh, when he could have turned stones into bread He said, man shall not live off bread alone, but by every word that flows out of the mouth of God. Uh, And then last week, we ended up in Mark chapter 14, and uh, we preached on, you've got to say yes. Uh, Yes, not my will, Jesus said, but your will be done. We've got to say yes to the will of God to make it to Easter. Uh, We read there how Jesus... Uh, in the midst of all that he was going through, he did not want to go to Calvary. He did not want to go. He knew. He said, God, if there's another way. Uh, now, we can get super spiritual, but he said, God, if there's another... He, he, he begged and pleaded with God if there was some other passage that he could take, it'd be nice. But God, but God it's not my will, it's your will be done. And we learned that we, we, we have to say yes to God's will. And this morning, it lands us in Mark 15. And this morning, we want to look at Calvary. We want to look at at the cross. That's where we're going to land this morning is at the cross. Uh, Aren't you glad for the cross this morning? Amen. We, uh, as a people, would be nothing 
without the sacrifice at the cross. Jesus said that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through Him. And salvation this morning, it come with a great price. And Jesus paid that price at the cross. While we were at, uh, let me say that our debt uh, was the worst debt of all because we could never pay it off. Uh, we were uh, constantly having to give sacrifice, uh, sacrifice, uh, sacrifice, and it can never be full. Uh, the wrath of God can never be filled. Uh, but when Jesus said yes to Calvary and the blood was shed, uh, debt was then paid in full because of Calvary. And though times have changed, Through the blood is often ignored, and the cross is at times watered down or avoided. It is still the cross that makes salvation possible. It's still the cross, it's still the blood that cleanses from sin and sets the captives free. It's still the name, the name of Jesus that has the power to save the lost. It's still the cross that has the power to heal the lame. It's still the cross that has the authority over sin, death, and separation. Because of the cross, you and I that have been born again, we are no longer slaves to sin. Because of the cross, we are no longer beggars. And it's because of the cross, I am no longer separated from God the Father. You see, this morning, you cannot have church without the cross. You cannot have church without the blood of Jesus. And it's because of the cross. Look with me this morning in the book of Mark, chapter number 15. I'm going to begin reading right along verse number 21. The Bible says there, Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Syrian, and the father of Alexandra and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country, passing by, to bear his cross. And they brought him to the place of Golgotha, which is translated the place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with myrrh to drink, But he did not take it. And they crucified him. They divided his garments, casting lots for him to determine what every man should take. And now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of this occasion was written above. Accusation was written above. With him they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. So the scripture was fulfilled, which says he was numbered with the transgressors. And those who passed by, they blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking among themselves with the scribes said, He saved others himself he cannot save. 
Let the Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. Even those who were crucified with Him reviled Him. Now, when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Elo, Elo, Lama, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, Look, he's calling Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge of sour wine, put it on a reed and offered it to him, saying, Drink and let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and he breathed his last breath. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the satyrian who stood opposite him saw that he had cried out, and his breath and his breath his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. At the cross this morning. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the cross. Thank you, Lord, for Calvary, what was accomplished on that cross. And God, as we uh, prepare our hearts for worship this morning through the singing, God, I ask that you just move in the midst of us, God, and speak to hearts, change lives, have your way this morning. Bless those who made their way to the house of God today to worship. God, I pray whatever needs are here today, I pray you would meet them. Pray, God, that you loosen things that are bound Bury things that need to be buried. Unloose those things, but bind the things that need to be bound. Father, I pray, God, that you would let go and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Verse number 22 is what I'm interested in. They took him to the place, a place called Golgotha, which is translated a place of a skull. The cross of Calvary is perhaps the most powerful reference point in the entire Word of God. The cross of Christ is the hope of ages. It was pointed to by the prophets. It was the hope of Old Testament saints. And it was despised by the Pharisees and Sadducees. It was a stumbling block to the Jews, and it was foolishness to the Greeks. But it is the center point of salvation. For the Bible says, without the cross, no one could ever be saved. But it is through the cross that salvation is accomplished. A place that has no limitations of time. The cross will never be bound by prejudice of men. It continues to tower as a great mountain, a beacon pointing out the clear direction of the purpose of the church. In addition to that, it still has the power to save men from their sins. Yet, with the power of the cross... 
there's also a repulsiveness that comes from the cross. The huge difficulty with the cross concept. It's that it's hard for our generation to swallow something that will demand change in the way we think, the way we live, and the way we see the future. The fact of the matter is that the cross is outrageously offensive. The cross of Jesus demands total life transformation. You see, many don't mind doing a little touch-up work, but Jesus looks upon our lives and says, we need a renovation. Many doesn't mind Jesus giving them a little tune-up, but Jesus is thinking that our lives need a complete overhaul. Many think a little makeup is fine. Many think that as long as they put on a little religious service, as long as they put on a little good work here or there, but Jesus is thinking that you and I need a complete and total makeover. Many think a little decorating is required, but Jesus says that our lives need a complete remodeling. Many want Jesus to inspire them, but Jesus wants to interfere with their lives. The Bible says that He come to kill the person that we are so that He can resurrect something new in our lives. And until you and I are willing to lay down who we are at the feet of a bloody Nazarene by the name of Jesus and lay down our selfish desires and lay down everything that we are to look upon a cross and accept the blood and accept the price that was paid. We will never be complete. In who Jesus wants us to be. Understand, we come to the cross of Jesus, but following Jesus will cost us to bear a cross. And the biggest threat to the church today is a generation who call themselves Christians but aren't actually interested in following Jesus. They want to be close enough to Jesus to get all the benefits, but they don't want to be so close that it will require anything to change in their life. In other words, they want to go to heaven, but they don't want to sacrifice the sin. They want to go to heaven, and they want to be close enough to Jesus that they can ride in on a coattail, but they don't want to sacrifice their life in order to save it. They they want to go to heaven, but that's about all they want. This, my friends, is the greatest challenge of the cross. Despite the matter of the cross being shameful, even aggressive, the Bible declares that there is only one way you and I could ever be saved. That is by the application of applying of the blood of Jesus to our lives. In other words, 
In order to ever be saved, you've got to come to the cross. You know what I love about that phrase? The ground is level at the cross. There is no big I's and little U's at the cross. There is no I can do it better at the cross. At the cross, we come to Jesus and we are all exactly the same. Broken vessels. We all come the same way. Broken in sin and undone and needing something to pull us out of the pit that we're in. We all come dying because of our own selfish desires. But at the cross of Jesus, we find life and life more abundant by the blood that was shed at the cross. This morning, I want to give you just a few things we find at the cross, and then we'll go home. Number one, if you're taking notes with me, the first thing I want you to notice is the power of the cross. It has the power to forgive sin. The cross has the power to forgive sin. 1 John 1 and 7 says this, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sins. 1 Corinthians 1 says this, For Christ sent me not to baptize, to, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, at least the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness, but us unto which... But us which are saved, it is the power of God. The cross has the ability to erase sin from our lives. You see, there's nothing else in this world that can ever take away the sin that you and I have fallen into. There's nothing in this world that can ever take the sin out of our lives. I wish, and Jesus said that he wished there was another way but he knew that everything ended at a cross. You see this morning, it has the power to forgive sin in our lives. The Bible, the old song said, What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I knew it was going to be quiet this morning. Uh, many today, we don't like what they used to call slaughterhouse religion, but it's still the blood. Understand, it's still the blood. When sin invades your life, uh, and in sin invades my life, uh, whether the failure was created uh, by our own fault or, or an inability to resist temptation, uh, I want to say to you this morning, the only way you can get it out of your life uh, is if you run to the cross. Uh, you say, preacher, I'm battling this in my life. Uh, I don't know how to overcome it. Well, I'm here to tell you the only way to overcome coming is you're going to have to run to the cross. You say, preacher, I'm battling this. You don't understand how tough it is. Yes, I do. I understand that if you'll run to the cross, you'll find forgiveness. You'll find strength. You'll find power at the cross. First Peter says this, for as much as you know 
that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb blemish and without spot. There's power at the cross. There's power in the blood of the Lamb. Nothing can wash away the sin except the blood of Jesus. Not only is there power at the cross, there's reconciliation at the cross. You see, the sins of man have created a vast gulf, the Bible says, between God and man. There's a gulf. We live in a society that cannot understand the peace uh, all because of the sin that's in their life. They cannot understand how they can't have peace. They can't understand how they can't get to, uh, to God. The Bible says that there's a gulf there that was created. Uh, and you may not have did anything, but you were born, in, born into sin. Uh, we've all fallen short uh, of the glory of God. Uh, and because of that, uh, there has been a separation that separates you and I from God. Uh, but the cross, uh, it is the cross that has the ability to restore back the relationship with God. It is the cross uh, that can reconcile us back together. It is the cross uh, that made it possible. It is all about the cross. Ephesians 2 and 16. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enemy thereby. There's reconciliation at that cross. Things being put back together. But there's peace at the cross. Watch this now. There's peace at the cross. Colossians 1 and 20 says this, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Mm. And having made peace through the blood of His cross. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine. Leaning on the everlasting arms. The Bible, the song says, leaning safe and secure from all alarm, leaning on the everlasting arms. You see, we have been brought to, to peace and reconciled to Himself, uh, uh, whether it be in the earth or in heaven. He said all things uh, uh, through the blood of the cross. Uh, you see, the devil this morning would like to rip our marriages apart, our families uh, with the stress of 
of this hour. He would like for you to believe that there is no heaven. He would like for you to believe that that Christ lost on the cross. He would like you to worry about the school system. He would like you to worry about the political system. He would like you to rob you of every bit of peace that you have. But if you want the remedy of peace this morning, if you want to know how you can make it this morning, if you want to know how you quit pulling your hair out this morning, if you want to know how you can live and your life be abundantly blessed, then you'll find every answer you need at the cross because at the cross you'll find peace and reconciliation. At the cross. Run to the cross. But when you get to the cross, you have to take up a cross. This is the greatest challenge of the hour. It's not just running to the cross, but it's picking up the cross. There's peace and reconciliation. There's power at the cross. But notice this, number two. You'll also find completion at the cross. You'll also find completion at the cross. Gospel, John's Gospel, verse number 19. Chapter 19, verse number 30. When Jesus had received the sour wine, He said that it is finished according to St. John. And the Bible says that He he bowed His head and He gave up. That word, it is finished. It's translated, the translation is unfamiliar to us, but it was used in everyday life in those days. A servant would use it when reporting to his master that I have completed the work assigned to me. When a priest examined an animal for sacrifice and he found that it was faultless, he would use this word, finished. The word means it's finished for now, it stands finished, and it will always be finished. Can I say this morning, when you go to the cross, it is finished then, it's finished, it stands finished, and it will always be finished. Hey, there will be nothing else that comes into your life that the cross cannot finish. There's completion at the cross. Atonement for sin was finished at the cross. None of the Old Testament sacrifices could take away sins. Their blood only covered sin for a season. Nothing could eradicate it. Nothing could handle it. Nothing could make the path. Nothing could build the bridge. Nothing could get us back to where we needed to be with God. But the Lamb of God that shed His blood 
and the blood that can take away the sins of the world, it will never lose its power. It is finished. It purged our sins. It conquered death and it separate, and the separation from God was finished. Uh, understand this morning, be free. Because of the cross, uh, you and I, we have the most precious thing in the world. It is access to God. Uh, I don't care how good we think we are or how pretty we think we are. Uh, nothing could get us to God except the cross. Nothing could get us there. I don't have to depend on anyone this morning, and you don't have to depend on anyone this morning to get you to the Father except the cross. Now you listen to me, I'm going to make some people a little upset this morning. I don't have to go to a booth and confess my sins to any man that sits on the other side with a backward collar. I don't have to do that. The Bible says I can go to the throne of I can go to the throne of God boldly and find grace. I don't have to confess my sin. I don't have to do all these crazy things. Tap my head four times, do four cartwheels, two six jump. I don't have to do none of that. I've got to go and run to the cross when I find sin in my life, and the Father reveals it. The only place I have to go is run to the cross. That's where I find my reconciliation. That's where I find my peace. That's where I find everything I need. It's at the cross. Sin is purged at the cross. Death is conquered at the cross. Separation is finished at the cross. But watch this. Satan is finished at the cross. Revelations 12, Revelation 12 and 11 says this, The overcome of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Every day, every day, I encounter well-meaning Christians who call out to God to save them from a demon who that has long since been defeated. It is time for the body of Christ to recognize that the blood of Jesus has done everything that needs to be done. It's time for you and I to stop running from the attacks of the enemy with fear. It's time for us to realize that every attack from the enemy is an attack on the blood of Jesus. It's a form of rebellion. It is a defiant way. It's skilled to put power of fear into us uh, to make us give up our rights. Uh, but my friends, there's power in the blood. The devil is defeated. Satan has been whooped. Uh, my it's time for the church of the living God to put that into practice, knowing that Satan is under my feet. I, he can't stop me. He 
Too many of us sit around like Satan's winning. He's not winning the battle because of Calvary. He's up under our feet. Uh, He is defeated. He is finished. Child of God, lift your head up high. You're on the winning side. Why, preacher? Because of Calvary. It's the name of Jesus. All powers of darkness must flee. Romans 16 and 20 says, And the peace of God will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Listen to me this morning, child of God. Because of Calvary, Satan is crushed under your feet. Because of Calvary, because of Calvary, the blessing of Abraham has fallen onto us. The Bible says, every place the sole of your feet treads will be blessed. Somebody needs to realize this morning that you are a child of Abraham and every place you step if you're in Christ the Bible says he's going to bless it it doesn't matter what hell Satan throws at you you're blessed and you're blessed and you're highly favored by God if you just walk and walk and keep walking keep trucking and keep worshiping you'll find the peace you're looking for but too many of us this morning Too many of us this morning, we have forfeited our victory. You are blessed, being blessed, and there is not one thing the devil can do about it. Let me say that again, because God just, just, just breathed a little bit on that. You are blessed being blessed, and ain't nothing Satan can do about it. Why? Because of Calvary. You're blessed being blessed. Why? Because of what Jesus done on Calvary. But then there's the forgotten price, and that's where I want to bring this thing to a head at. The forgotten price of Calvary. There is a forgotten price that Calvary has paid. The forgotten price. Have we become immune to the sacrifice that was present on the cross? Have we become in our minds where we know more than we apply to our heart. Can I say this this morning? Our church needs a fresh look at the cross. I'm going to say that again. Our church needs a fresh look at the cross. We need to gaze upon the cross just 
for a little while. We need to get back to the mark to where we're looking at the cross and we see the Son of God sitting there, nailed to it, blood dripping from His head, blood dripping from His body, blood running out Him side, and Him looking down upon us and said, I'm doing it all for you. We need to get back to where we're looking and we see the power of God hanging there on a cross. We need to get back to where we see the power of God being placed on you and I. What do you mean, preacher? I'm saying there's too many of us walking around in defeat. There's too many of us walking around with our head between our legs. We look at the cross and we see the power of God and we know that hell itself cannot stop us because of what Jesus done on Calvary. Oh, preacher, what are we going to do? Oh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to look at the cross. We need a fresh look at the cross. But watch this. We, our church again, needs to revisit the sacrifice of the old time saints who are now in their graves. We need to revisit the sacrifice of the old time saints who are now in their graves. How did they make it back then? They focused on the cross. They didn't have all this technology then. Russell, they didn't have all that. They didn't have all the bells and whistles. They had the power of the cross. And that's what they relied on was the power of the cross to pull them through. When the church got started, they didn't have the TVs and the recording devices. And it had a, oh, I feel it coming. It had a bunch of devoted people who gave themselves to Christ sacrificially. And when the bricks were laid to build this building, they didn't, boy, there was a man of God that got out and they took their coats off and they put their work boots on and they put their, and they come out and they began to lay one block and one block and one block and one wall and one wall until this place was built. We need to revisit some of the sacrificial places that the Old Testament, I mean, that the old saints before us was at. Uh, they focused on the cross. Uh, the cross pulled them through and they worked uh, and they worked uh, to glorify the Savior. They took up their cross. Watch this. We again need to revisit some of the struggles that it took to bring us to this point that we're at now. I began to think about this as I wrote it. 
a year ago, things looked hopeless. Two years ago, you may say things looked hopeless, but look where we're at now. If there ain't nobody going to worship this morning, then ain't nobody going to get excited about that this morning. Because I can, because I, 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 I feel, you wouldn't hear your, y'all wouldn't hear your, y'all wouldn't hear, y'all wouldn't hear, y'all wouldn't hear your, it's a bunch, you wouldn't, it's a bunch of y'all that was not here a year ago. There's a bunch of y'all that was not here two years ago. Everything looked hopeless. How did we get there? It was the power of Calvary. That's what got us there. We need to quit focusing on everything and look at the cross. It got us there. We had some struggles, but how did we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Hallelujah. And there's going to be struggles in the future. Struggles in the future. How are we there, preacher? We're going to keep a focus on the cross, on the blood, on the power of God. Every bit of it's because of the cross. You can stand in victory today because of the cross. You can stand in full assurance of salvation today because of the cross. And let me say this. I'm done. You know, this is, this is what God gave me. This is what I'm delivering. I'm done. No swinging from chandeliers this morning. You can stand in victory today because of the cross. Salvation is complete today because of the cross. You're here this morning and you're saved. It wasn't because, any, it wasn't because the preacher laid hands on you. It wasn't because the preacher prayed with you. All those things are nice and all those things are good and we should pray with people and we should lay hands. The Bible says that we should, but none of that saved you. You know what saved you? A bloody Nazarene on a cross. He's what saved you. When his blood dripped and it poured out and he gave himself over to the will of God and said, God, I'll be the one. I'll go. I'll give my life a ransom for many. I'll go. I'll be the one that lays my life down for sinners. I'll be the one that hangs on the cross and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'll be the one that cries out loud, it is finished. It stands finished and it will always be finished. It's because of the cross. We celebrate Easter next Sunday. Without a cross, there would be no Easter. Without a cross, there'd be no Easter. So let me close this morning. This message should result in one of three ways. One, We should all be running to an altar this morning and thanking Jesus for the cross. We should all be running 
I'm not talking about a casual popping our bubble gum. Thank you, Lord. No. I'm talking about an all-out brokenness running to an altar and saying, God, I just want to thank you for Calvary. I just want to thank you. I'm alive today because of what you've done. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just it's if it's just in my DNA. But I can't help but to get a little excited. I'm going to tell you why. Let me tell you why real quickly. And I, I, I promise you I'm done. I promise. I don't think you, I don't think you realize the hell I went through to get to where I'm at today. I just don't know if, if why I get so excited in church when I think about the cross being it's because you don't know every in and out of my life. You don't know the many times that I thought I was going down. But somehow, some way, God kept me alive. You don't know the many of mornings I woke up and said, I don't even know where I'm at. And how did I make it this far? And I look back on my life and I find it was the cross that kept me alive. I look back and I find it was the cross that kept me me out of hell. I look back and I say, I should have wrapped my car around a tree a long time ago, but it was the cross that kept me out. I, I look back and I say, hey, I shouldn't be here today. I don't deserve to be behind this sacred desk, but it was the cross that put me there. Why do I, we need to get back to a place that when we run to an altar and say, God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for it. Look where my life is. It's because of the cross. All the goodness in my life is because of the cross. Because of the cross, I got that youngin back there. Every good thing that's ever come out of my life has been because of a cross. Because of a cross. And we'll come in here. Oh, we'll come in here. And we'll put our religious shoes on and we'll go through some religious motions and we'll leave the same way in which we come. We'll leave. We'll come in through the doors hopeless. We'll leave hopeless. But bless God, if you'll run to the cross. Oh, if you'll run to that cross and look up toward that bloody Nazarene and hey, and let that blood drip on you, you'll find every bit of victory and strength and power and reconciliation. You'll find it all at the foot of the cross. She sung that song and I felt God begin to move in me. I'm, thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man that I used to be. I didn't have kids before I was saved. Thank God. Thank God. But I can tell you this, I would never have had those kids had I got saved because I was selfish and it was all about me until I met Jesus. 
And everything in my life transformed. Everything. Because of the cross. We should be running to an altar saying, God, I thank you for the cross. Look here, I'm not the only one that lived a hellish life. Hey, some of you, that you shouldn't be here either. Yeah, there's some of you that shouldn't be here either. Hey, some of you, oh boy. Hey, some of you, but it's only by the grace of God that you've made it here too. There's some of you that shouldn't have been out of this world a long time ago. But, but God, uh, through His grace and through His mercy, He kept you. Boy, you ought to be running to an altar saying, God, I thank you for the cross. Number two, and I'm done. Second is that if we're walking in defeat today, we should be running to the cross to get our victory. He's defeated. He's defeated. Diane, he's defeated. He is defeated. The devil is... You say, preacher, you don't understand. He's riding my back. He can ride it all day long, but he's defeated. Because in the end, you listen to me, in the end, God said there is a place for him that has been created for him and all his demons. It's a place that's burning. It's a place that has brimstone. It's a place called hell that has been created just for him. He may be roaming this earth right now, but he is a defeated foe. He he may be causing some mud stirring right now, and he may be causing some problems right now, but in the name of Jesus, he is defeated. I can walk in victory because of the blood of Calvary that has covered me. Oh boy, you want to make him real mad? You just draw a line and say, hey, you cannot cross the bloodline of Jesus. He's defeated. You're here this morning and you need to be reminded You leave this place, you can leave here with more victory than you ever had, knowing that he's defeated. You need to be running to an altar saying, I need my victory. And number three, this message produces one of these results. Some of us need to pick up our cross this morning and start following him. We're We're getting our victory. But we need to pick it up. We need to pick up our cross. We need to pick it up and start following Him. I don't know where you stand this morning on that spectrum. I don't know. But I know this. Next week's Easter. In the empty tomb and the resurrection, nothing like it. Next week will be the biggest attendance day for many churches. But you won't get to Easter until you go to the cross. 
Everybody loves the resurrected Jesus. Sinners, lost people love the... But boy, they have a problem with the cross. I'll tell you why. Because the cross demands transformation. You can't resurrect until you die. That's why the Bible says you've got to be born again. You've got to die to yourself and be resurrected to new life in Jesus. You won't be able to do that until you go to the cross. Church is all about the cross. Don't ever forget it's all about the cross. What's your need this morning? You need victory. You need peace. You need, be reconcil- you need reconciliation. What's your, what's your, you'll find everything you need at the cross. You stand. Barry gives us a song of invitation. We're going to pray. We're going to open these altars up. What is your need this morning? Whatever it is, you'll find it at the cross. Dr. Phil can't help you. Oprah can't help you. But the cross can help you. Father, in the name of Jesus... I humble myself in your presence. And God, I give you thanks for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon my life. God, the things that I do not deserve that you've seen fit to bless me with. And I know, God, it's because of one reason. It's because of what you've done at Calvary. Thank God I'm not the man that I used to be. Thank God things are different than they were before. Thanks to Calvary. Father, I just want to give you praise this morning and tell you, Lord, that I love you And I thank you. And God, I pray that you would stir the hearts of your people as many are already coming. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Bless us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You got a need this morning. You come. God's speaking to you this morning.